It's another session from Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. I'm John Bomarito. Acoustic Alternatives made possible with that support. Uh, Grove Studios, you've seen the podcast studio, but now you're getting to see one of the big deluxe studios down the hall today because I've welcomed a duo to the studio and we decided to utilize the space here. It's Francis Lucacor. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Hello, John. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thank you so much for having us. Happy to be here. Total pleasure. Francis Lucacor is Brian Powers and Nicholas Gunty. They make beautiful, soothing music in a non-Yanni kind of way. And they <laughs> They've got a new release called Safe and Sound. It called came out in February. I'll throw that on the camera so we can kind of see what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. And uh, how about we start with a song? That sounds great. What song will you do this time? This, this song is called Thank You, Derek Watson. It's off that record. Today on Acoustic Alternatives, I'm joined by Francis Lucacord, a track from their newest album, Safe in Sound. It's Thank You, Derek Watson. And I, I know last night on Stage of the Arc, first of all, I wasn't this close and I couldn't see how beautifully you guys work together and just like you're looking at each other and you're figuring out what to do. There's some magic in that. But you encouraged the audience to Google Derek Watson. I'm just going to flat out ask you, who's Derek Watson? <laughs> 
Derek Watson is, uh, I believe, a district judge. Um, I could be wrong about that. He's a he's a judge. He's a federal judge in Hawaii who uh, became well known in the political scene in the late teens for, uh, I believe, the injunction of the Muslim ban hmm. on uh, uh, in. What was it 2017? I believe. Yeah, it's when Trump was proposing the Muslim ban. He was the one who who uh, stepped in and paused that baby. <laughs> Very so, good. Yeah. Well, thank you for playing this. that. It's another great track on this record. Thank you. Uh, it's been a bit of time between records. Obviously, there's some things going on in the world that slow slow <laughs> yes. life down. We'll, we'll get right. to that. I do want to back up to the origin story of the band, though, because we're going to pretend like we've never had a session before, because you, you have visited me at the radio station I used to work at. But to me, the podcast is a whole fresh start. So the band started in Indiana, right? Yeah, South Bend, Indiana, uh, formed when we were uh, young lads in college. Uh, we were both from South Bend originally, and then uh, after, we had a really wonderful opportunity to, um, during our senior year, uh, in college to travel to Uganda and record a uh, record with the children's choir over there. And so that opportunity kind of uh, solidified our, um, you know, desire to, uh, to do this um, together and, uh, and then moved to Chicago after um, a little hiatus and then have kept trucking from there. We've been a distance band for a while, but, uh, but yeah, really our roots are in South Bend um, and we're really grateful to still be doing it. Prior to performing as a duo, were you performing as solo artists? Nick, were you doing your own thing before? Kind of yes and no. We, uh, I, I grew up um, with, uh, well, not grew up, but I, when I was in high school, um, my mom wrote a grant. Uh, she's an art teacher. It's kind of a weird long story, but my mom wrote a grant uh, to build an addition, a studio for herself, an addition to our house. Um, to the, I think the Lilly Foundation, uh, which is like an Indiana grant, grant foundation. And uh, she won the grant and uh, it was a $10,000 grant. And so we built, we spent one summer building uh, a, a sort of studio on the back of our house um, in South Bend. And uh, the vast majority of it was an art studio for my mom, but a tiny little uh, sort of uh, back room uh, was sectioned off for a music studio for me and my brothers and uh so i had a studio in high school and that was really where my writing and my playing sort of came into its own and um that was actually kind of one of the reasons that brian and i came together in the first place brian was also uh writing in high school I'd written a couple of songs and found out about my studio through a mutual friend and uh so when we first connected it was to record some of Brian's music um, and uh, from there it kind of just sort of morphed into this thing where we would book you know uh, a 15 minute slot at the local open mic in South Bend and Brian would book one 15 minute slot and I would book the 15 minute slot right after and we would just play on each other's songs for 30 <laughs> minutes and that was uh, kind of how the band in a way kind of got started but it, it was like the yeah so it was a very like natural growth from um playing separate to just sort of fusing together. Nice. Yeah. But we didn't officially come up with the band name. And, you know, really when you get a website, I feel like it's when you're officially a band. Yeah. <laughs> the, so the, I think the domain name was purchased in fall of 2011. So that yeah. <laughs> right. there was a, a, a few years there where we were both Brian Powers and Nick Gunty and just but, but playing together, you know. So 
But yeah, Francis Accord established fall 2011, pretty sure. There you go. Brian, when did music become the focal point of your life? What, what age were you? Uh, I became super interested in it um, uh, towards the end of high school and early college. And then I kind of feel like when you meet somebody who is also like as, you know, into this niche thing, like, I mean, songwriting is a little bit of a, you know, niche sure. interest, right? Especially folk-based songwriting. And so when you found, like, having met Nick, you know, at the very end of high school and then becoming really good friends uh, early on in college, it was kind of just this like... Uh, you know, when you both are bringing this energy to something, you inevitably kind of like build off of each other, you know, in a way. So, yeah. uh, so I, you know, definitely credit, credit Nick with also like, you know, pushing me more into, into it, you know? Um, uh, but yeah. Which is know, funny 18, because 19. I, it's funny because I definitely credit Brian with, uh, pulling me into the live See, I, I did not really do those open mics until Brian sort of like yanked me mm -hmm. out of my studio. <laughs> was ah. like, Let's do this together. Yeah. When Nick was saying that he would book a 15-minute slot, I would book a 15-minute slot. It was really like me booking both of our slots and being <laughs> like, hey, dude, we're playing on Wednesday night. I need you. <laughs> and, and you <laughs> know what? time I booked you for. <laughs> and you know what? It, that paradigm continues to this day. <laughs> yeah. I still book our shows to this day. <laughs> Nick, you're saying without Brian, there is no duo because you would have just that's continued to be a hermit in your studio. That's absolutely <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like your family is musical, though, Nick. Is, is that true? They had other musicians in your family? Yeah, my, my whole family are very creative in all different ways. Um, my brother is a musician and a poet. My sister is a, a, a fiction writer. Um, uh, I, I have another brother who uh, is also a poet and a writer, and, uh, uh, and my mother is a, uh, an artist, a painter, so... A lot of creativity. <laughs> it sounds like you guys had similar like household backgrounds, just as far as what might be being heard in the background. Yeah, uh, almost like you grew up in the same house because you have nearly that family harmony kind of thing. I hear when I see brothers perform together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because there's a, there's a funny kind of family intertwined story here actually. So so both of our moms are from California, hmm. uh, the San Jose area hmm. specifically, and both of our dads are from the Midwest. Um, but back in our parents' twenties. Uh, Nick's dad was actually dating my mom's sister, my aunt, <laughs> uh, right before that was the relationship prior to Mr. Gunty meeting Mrs. Gunty. <laughs> and, you know, it could have been family anyway. Yeah. yeah so we'd like to joke that we're almost cousins, but it's better that we're not. Yeah. You know? <laughs> we, we found that out one day after a show when our parents went to one of our shows together and, uh, sat together and over a bottle of yeah, wine. Drank yeah. a little bit together. And, <laughs> and Nick's mom loves this story. Yeah, she tells it all the time. Hi, Mrs. Gunty. <laughs> She's probably watching. You never know. So how did the harmony develop? I mean, like, like I said, it sounds natural family harmony. Like this is not normal for two people who didn't grow up together to sound this good together. That took a lot of practice. Okay. There's, they're, they're, um, well, we, we moved in together as Brian alluded to earlier. We moved to Chicago together and, uh, lived in an apartment together for two and a half years. And I think, and that was really when we were playing, uh, you know, as much as possible, just constantly trying to establish the band. And um, it's probably the only time in our life where we practiced that much. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it took a lot of practice and it took a lot of um, iterations. It works. And our voices have definitely, we've like as we listen back to old recordings, you know, we can definitely tell that our voices are way more similar now. Um, just over the years of like listening to the other person, you kind of, I don't know, you pick up their tendencies, you know. 
Do you remember early conversations when you were first becoming friends? What kind of music you bonded over? What were you talking about as far as that was concerned? Paul Simon is always a, a sort of a touchstone. Um, that was definitely uh, that was definitely a musician we both listened to growing up. A handful of other things like. What would you say? Kind Cat of, Stevens. Um, yeah. You kind of go through phases, you know, based on your interests at a certain age. We were both super into local natives, you know, right, like in our yeah. early 20s. And you just, you know, Iron and Wine has always been another one that we come back to a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but Paul Simon probably is the the number one. Is there much right. of a music scene in South Bend? Because the only thing I can think of is Straight No Chaser, right? They were from that area. <laughs> is that right? Are they from that I area? I think so. I think they met at Indiana College, which is, is that near South Bend? Uh, Blue, uh, Indiana Blue. University is in Bloomington, okay. so uh, about four hours south. Well, then I'm wrong. But there is an Indiana <laughs> University, South Bend, so if they were from that branch, okay. maybe. <laughs> um, but there's not a, you know, the South Bend music scene really started to blossom, actually, when we were coming out of uh, college. Um, and it has it's continued to this day. There are a handful of individuals who really, like, you know, if they were to get hit by a bus tomorrow, the scene would have a tough time. And we're super grateful for those individuals, yeah. one of whom Jim Ward's hosting us on Friday night oh, uh, in South Bend. But um, but yeah, it, it doesn't quite have this the Ann Arbor scene. You guys are spoiled as hell out here. <laughs> so yes. enjoy it. Um, but yeah, hopefully one day South Bend will be of the Ann Arbor uh, Kiln. <laughs> I got to build this yet, but while I was watching the show at the Ark last night, obviously these are pre-recorded, so the last night thing is only relevant to right now. But <laughs> right. with your friend Chris Dupont, who's in the room, my friend as well, helping us engineer the session, and just watching he and Kylie and Brad play together, I came up with the idea for a name of a playlist that I need to put together. My MI State is Better Than Your State is the name of that playlist, and I'm going to build it, and he's going to be in it, and so are several other people. No offense to Indiana or where you guys are living now, but that's my idea. We're going to run with that. Back to you. Okay, anyway. So let's look at the chronology. You put out a debut EP. We talked briefly about that, the one in 2012. All about making a difference to people in far-off lands. who presented that idea to you? Did you guys just, were you doing research? Like, who can we help? I mean, what, where did that come from? Yeah, it definitely didn't start from like, who can we help? It was, it was, there was a, a gentleman at the University of Notre Dame where we attended college who um, had a nonprofit over in, um, uh, in rural Uganda and Kindu specifically. Um, and he had been a fan of both of ours for a year or two and said, hey, you know, I have this. Uh, this choir that I've met out in in Kenya, Uganda, and if you guys, you know, I don't know what you would do with them. If you want to come up with a project, whatever, I'd be really happy to connect you, you know, with the choir leaders over there. You know, you guys would have to figure out funding and all that, but I would happy to make that connection. I think it'd be really fun. And so we we're like, hell yeah, let's do that. Let's sure. okay, where can we find some money? And you know, <laughs> luckily we we're in college, could get a grant, and uh, kind of just yeah, winged it. <laughs> it's a pretty cool start to a music recording career. Definitely. Not a lot of people do anything near that, even in their careers ever. Absolutely. And, you know, that record would not have turned out the way it did had, you know, Mrs. Gunty not gotten that initial grant yeah. for it, uh, the Gunty right. studio, you know, because Nick, Nick is, our, is the producer in the band, and I'm no audio engineer. I'm like you, which is why we need Christy Pont in the room here. <laughs> <laughs> I can fake my way through it, but these, these two were better. So, yeah, yeah, I'm glad to have both of them in the room. But, yeah, so, so Nick, so, we really just had a little suitcase of uh, yeah, just, recording gear. Uh, cable salad and a handful of microphones and mm. uh, an interface I, I ganked from a friend of mine and uh, just recorded on a laptop in their schoolhouse. Well, it did well enough to let you continue to do this. I mean, starting points sometimes lead to, well, that didn't work. Let's go back to our day jobs. But 2014, Queen For Me EP came out. Fluke probably got, is that really kind of, we got a little bit more attention 
nationally. Yeah. So I feel that's where that's my discovery was right around that time. Yeah, no, definitely. That was definitely the, uh, we, we got, we were really lucky to get, to, um, to a big opening tour with Darling side with the release of fluke, our debut OP. And that definitely pushed us, uh, you know, a good bit. Um, but we also have must credit this man, Chris Dupont, and getting us out of our, you know, so think yeah. back to yeah, like the, our initial tours, they were really all with Chris. In, yeah. in fact, that Queen For Me release show was where we met Chris. Oh. And uh, I remember it, that was that was a short weekend of shows. I believe it was three shows, one in Chicago um, for our, our EP release, one in Flint, Michigan, and I believe one in Ann Arbor, in Ann Arbor Live. And uh, I remember... With every successive show we played with Chris, I remember just being like more and more and more forward. And play like that. And um, and then we, from there, uh, spent uh, a number of weekends throughout that following year together, touring Midwestern cities, and that was uh, that was definitely what pulled us out of Chicago to begin with. Awesome. Well, after Fluke came Silver and Gold, another EP. Sunnyside, which is about where I saw you last, you performed in the studio. I know you did Maria, which at that time had not been released. It was a new song that I had not heard. And Where Do You Run From? Is that the name of the song? From Fluke? Was my favorite song at the time. And then you did Maria in front of me. I'm like, wait, I have a new favorite song. <laughs> and Maria ends up on the new album, too. And we're going to hear another song. For, I don't know what, not that one, probably. But Safe and Sound is the name of the new record. And it shows up on there, too. So yeah. mm-hmm. perfect lead into another song you also happen to mention darling side so maybe the order of operations i don't remember what order you said you were doing songs in should we do do you want to um, do in my life if we're you don't have to just because we led them. um do what you're going to do let's, let's come back, we'll back to, to that, that one. one yeah um Introduce yeah we'll do another couple of tunes we're, we're gonna go we're gonna do we're gonna play a couple of tunes um right now we're gonna do one little acapella tune called this morning and then we're gonna go into uh, uh a tune called all the things both of which are on safe and sound This morning I dreamt Forgetting your name While that of your child and husband came I bent close to face You whispered in song We barely embraced And then you were gone The distance in space All moving along Our time and our place all vanish at dawn This morning I dreamt A memory came The memory went It started to rain Sing me out if I'm lonely, breathe me in if I'm blue Fill me up if I'm hollow, break me down if I'm through And 
if I'm asleep, oh, could you wake me too? Oh, sing me out if I'm lonely, breathe me in if I'm blue. When those rain clouds are rumbling down, feel your loose all flooded in doubt. If it thunders a bit too loud, I'll sing for you my songbird, finding some solid solo is <laughs> it's like a freaking chickadee <laughs> that's awesome brian powers and nicholas gunty are francis lucacord and that's a couple of songs from their new album which i highly recommend safe in sound and we're at grove studios in ypsilanti i have to give a shout out to them and thank them for uh well what they do to make sure that i have a place to do this it was a few years ago when i didn't have a, a radio home anymore and they wanted me to do a podcast here to kind of get me back doing what I love doing. And I really want to thank them. So if you're a musician in the Detroit or Ann Arbor area looking for a place to practice before your show, we're standing in the biggest room. We're standing in, in the deluxe room. There's a smaller room that's about half the size right across from us. There's a podcast studio, a DJ studio, and a mixing studio as well. Uh, Chris Dupont was with me a second ago looking at that other. I got to come back here and do some mixing. There's some great speakers here. So lots of multi-purpose reasons to pop over here. If you're a musician in the area, check it out. Look for Grove Studios in Ypsilanti. And again, thanks to them for, for making this home possible for me so that I can continue doing the thing that I love, which is highlighting musicians I feel who need a little bit more attention. Thank you. Well, we really appreciate it. <laughs> we all have some sort of purpose in life. I think that's mine. I think that I'm here to, to sing the praises of other people and, and make make it be heard. So <laughs> if I didn't have people to work with, it would be hard to do. So anyway. You're a beautiful uh, man, John. Yeah, gracias. truly. So, uh, Nick, we talked a bit about the production that you like to do. What are you working on currently? I think you're working on a Darling Side record. Is that correct? Um, I'm not working on a Darling oh, That would be a dream. Oh, okay. <laughs> Somehow I thought you were. I uh, The production work I've done for Darling Side is live. Front oh. Of, front of house. Okay. Um, I am working on a handful of other projects. This is one of the things that I have done to stay busy during, uh, or well, just not just through COVID, but um, through this small business experience of being, <laughs> being, a, being a band, um, is producing other bands. And, uh, so there's a, there's a handful of other artists I work with. Um, Chris is one of them. We share a lot of music and a lot of production projects together. Um, there's another artist out in Philly 
named uh, Maggie Pope, who has uh, been putting out some music lately. Uh, she put out a couple of singles in the last couple of months. Um, there's another artist, Henry Mills. Do you have a train song? I, I, <laughs> Sorry. I'm sure. not sure if that shows up on the microphones or not, but there's a train. Uh, it's a beautiful train. I feel like it's a, a very musical part of the show. <laughs> and this is how next brain works. <laughs> that train horn. Oh, yeah, that's going to go on a record. Yeah, can we day. sample that? <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a handful of other artists um, that, I, that I work with. Um, a lot of them are folk bands. Not all of them, but a, okay. but a lot of them, yeah. And Brian, I feel like since I last saw you, you might have gotten married since then. I since did. 2021. I Congratulations did. Yeah. on that. Thank you very much. Got what? in before COVID, luckily. Nice. What has been keeping you busy in the years off when you guys were not really able to perform together? Yeah, so I, I do nonprofit work um, oh. as well. So I work for an organization actually out in Silicon Valley that hires people experiencing homelessness to clean city parks, uh, organization called Neighborhood Hands. Um, so that is... Uh, um, uh, taken a lot of a lot of my time in the last several years it's something i'm super passionate about so um uh so yeah i'm lucky to do uh to have two uh different sets of work that mm. i really really love that's great really love doing so well we mentioned the start of the band with south bend and you also mentioned you're a distance band which means right. you don't live in the same city anymore that's correct. right and haven't for a while not since 2016 wow yeah, yeah. really yeah. Uh, not since uh right before fluke came mm -hmm. out let's move out date and a hell of a move out date we were we were we were up against the deadline for the for the record and the deadline for our housing so oh my <laughs> at wow. the same time so that's not too much pressure uh, yeah. <laughs> did so, the pandemic distance make being a duo harder for you because you were already a distance band now you're a pandemic distance yeah i mean yeah i mean the pandemic made things harder obviously financially because our tour income dried yeah. you know completely dried up and so that's when uh you know, we actually played our first shows uh, post-COVID just back in September. So we did mm. take, you know, a while to, to come back into it um, uh, out of necessity, really. But um, uh, but yeah, it's I, but in a way, we have definitely had a leg up on a number of other, you know, distance bands and that we have had our own separate recording rigs for a while and, uh, you know, pretty familiar with the remote process. Yeah, although one thing that I did notice that a lot of bands were able to do, um, Darlene's Side is one of them, was, you know, every once in a while, get together, do a little, uh, you know, impromptu, uh, yeah, yeah, sort of like uh, stream show. And um, there's just no way to stream over the, uh, you know, 600, 600 miles of distance. So no. <laughs> there's, uh, so that was difficult, figuring out a way to, continue to um, stay in people's minds and ears uh, was was tough because there was no way to ride that particular wave, I think. But How can you work on harmonies if you're not in the same room together? That, <laughs> I mean, that seems really hard. Headphones and Zoom? I, I mean, what, what's the magic? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of it, so our, our remote process was really... Uh, just record something, send it to the other person in an email, and they listen to it. They record something on top, send it back. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of a, a lot of layering, a lot yeah. of pancaking. Um, but at the end, at, you know, at the same time, one of the beauties of modern technology is that that's really easy to do now and uh, very effective. And yeah, so that that was a big part of it. Was yeah, like Brian said, having our own recording rigs and being able to share, uh, you know, 
just over the internet. Well, the pandemic broke a lot of us in different ways, but it didn't break the band, which is a good thing. Yeah. Which could have been different. We know a lot of bands who, yeah. who are no longer bands. Yeah. Pretty much every band, it seems like there was at least some member in the band that was just like, okay, this, uh, you know, being forced to be at home and off the road is like, wow, this is actually like I noticed a big difference in my health, <laughs> you know, because yeah. traveling is hard, you know, it really, really uh, takes a toll physically, mentally um, on you. And finding you know, good food to eat. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, absolutely. Uh, it's really hard to have good habits when you're on the road. You don't have control of your, your schedule. Mm-hmm. Um uh, so anyways, we're, um, yes, definitely did not break the band. Uh, we, we feel like we're doing it in a healthier way, even though it's, uh, we're playing fewer, sh- significantly fewer shows, you know, it's, uh, we feel like every show now is like so much, we have so much more energy for, you know, because we're not exhausted, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's all new and fresh and exciting. And, uh, yeah, we've, we've really enjoyed, uh, getting back into it in this way. And the style of live that you do around this microphone is a bit of a dance to watch, really, to watch to not hit each other with the guitars. And you had Katie Van Dusen in there trying to get in there and sing. And yeah. it's like, how do you how do you practice that, really? I mean, yeah, you know. yeah, you can't. That's that's something you uh, you can't fake your way through. You're just gonna get hit in the face if you don't do it right. So, yeah, that's. Nope. But that's also something that we've been doing for uh, a good a good long time, and we, uh, you know, obviously could could improve our technique a bit, but um, was something that we were doing long enough before the pandemic that coming back to it felt pretty natural afterwards. Sounded great. The new album is Safe and Sound. I noticed that Windows is a, a very, it's a three minute song with what, six lines? Yeah. It's not, not a lot of lyrics, but yeah, it, not, it, works not a lot really, of lyrics. it works really nicely to start off the record. Thank you. Uh, we've already heard, thank you, Derek Watson. We've heard a couple others from this record. Um, I noticed that both Sunnyside and Maria have the words take me in them, both of them. Like, hmm, what is going on here? Is there something going on with the, ah, take me? I don't know really what that, <laughs> just something I noticed. Um, also noticed, I think you guys have played Since I Last Saw You Mountain Stage. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember when that happened, but Back I feel like. in September, yeah. That's a cool thing. I mean, that, Love Mountain Stage. To get the national attention, which is yeah. probably the hardest thing for, like, name a millionaire folk singer. Good luck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or even yeah. a folk singer who's making a really good living. It's right. it's just not. Yeah. It's, so yes. shows like Mountain Stage and E-Town that are yeah. on nationally syndicated radio stations across the country, it's really the best spot for you guys to get exposure. I hope totally. that this helps too, but it's not as significant as, as something like that. Yeah. How did that come about? We've, we played Mountain Stage back in 2016 on the Fluke Tour. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, so kind of got in with those folks at, the, at, the, at that time. Um, and actually, we, we played a remote uh, Mountain Stage uh, yeah, that <laughs> concert was... in like June of 2020, oh, like right. early on in the pandemic. That was our, really our one attempt to do like a, <laughs> a, a live thing. And it was, it was tough. But, uh, and, and that was partly because one of the first shows that, to get canceled uh, for pandemic was, was mountain a, a stage, mountain stage. Yeah. Show oh, okay. Ours. So they're letting you do a makeup. Yeah. Yeah. So they do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we can't say, we can't speak highly enough of those folks, uh, who are enjoying their 40th, uh, uh, season, um, yeah. as of, you know, about a month ago. Yeah. Um, so it's just an amazing, amazing thing that they've got going down there in Charleston, West Virginia. Super highly cool. recommend any big music fans in the Midwest to go travel, to see that show. It's really, really something. Yeah. So, well, as I mentioned, making folk music isn't a great way to make a living. Do you have a, we want to be as big as goal, or we'd like to get to this level. We're playing this kind of rooms. We're opening for these kind of, like, is there, do you guys talk about that stuff or you just let things happen? 
<laughs> you know, a very interesting question. Because <laughs> you, you, you just have this discussion yesterday. <laughs> you know, in our 20s, we were definitely like after fluke, you know, yeah. after getting some national attention with the Darling Side tour and doing mountain stage and stuff, we were definitely pushing hard, you know, yeah. and trying to get to that point where we had a full team around us, an agent, you know, a label, et cetera. Um, and we actually finally landed an agent in December of 2019, <laughs> promptly lost them in April 2020 when COVID hit. Um, no money for and, them? And so the band had to, you know, we definitely had to have this reckoning of, of, of that we are approaching the band differently post COVID, but you know, by, by necessity financially, sure. you know, and I think it's really, we think it's really important uh, to be transparent with listeners about, you, you know, the reality of being, as you've mentioned, a folk musician these days, like for example, just to get practically into the numbers. So we have roughly 200,000 um, uh, monthly listeners across streaming platforms, but that comes out to roughly 500 bucks a month. And obviously we have costs, you know, fixed costs like any small business mm -hmm. and there are two of us. And mm -hmm. so you can do the math on how that shakes out financially. And so Isn't it's like, great? you know, it's so you have to uh, be realistic about, um, you know, just the trade-offs of what it would take to be on the road as much as it would, you know, um, to be able to do it full time. But also we are not at the stage in our band where we, you know, could do that. So it's, uh, so we in this stage are just uh, grateful to still be doing it. And, you know, the goal is to just keep doing it as long as we can, you know, in a way that's, uh, that works for our families and our, uh, you know, us as individuals and all and, that. So. And to your point, John, about, you know, there are no million uh, millionaire folk singers. I think we kind of also knew that going in and, and, um, and it's it's one of those things that like we I guess we think about it a lot. We think about the fact that like um, <laughs> there's 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 just not a uh, as as high as the ceiling ever may be. It's never gonna be you know Taylor Swift high or <laughs> Rihanna high. Um, Brandy Carlisle. Brandy. I mean, well, she's, she's within the realm, right? She that's, true. that's true. She that's is. true. Uh, I, I guess it's. Um, I guess it's. It's like the music that we play. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's kind of like that when you th when you frame it in terms of how big do we want this project to be. I feel like that's kind of where you start to orient your creative. Uh, an aesthetic taste towards what's popular. And that's something that we've always tried to avoid, actually, because to us, I think the um, the creative integrity of what we do is the most important. Not that, uh, not to say that <laughs> Brandy Carlisle isn't creative or Taylor Swift or Rihanna, um, but just in the, mu in, the, in the genre that we play, the type of music that we're interested in playing, I don't know that it's ever going to have the, you know, the, um, we're not, I don't think we're ever going to sell at a stadium. I'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> but that's okay because I think uh, the more important thing for us is to build relationships with the people who do appreciate what we do. Yeah. And you're one of them. And uh, okay. we saw a lot of those people at the ARC last night. And so that is, uh, I guess that's a, a roundabout way of getting to the point that we, uh, I think, are more focused on cultivating the relationships with the uh, the intimate super fans than we are with reaching masses of people. Yeah, they'll stay with you. Yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, I guess the the opposite not opposite side, just a tangential part of that coin would be like a Bonavir is a household name, yeah. though doesn't really play pop music. So that that could True. be a, yeah. a goal, like to be mentioned in the same reviews on in Pace totally. magazine as sure, yeah. that kind of person. And every so. once in a while, that happens to an indie artist, yeah. you know, and uh, they just get elevated. Somehow. They just get elevated yeah. somehow, and and that's also a game that we know that we can't. Uh, rely on. You can't force it either. You can't force it. You can't control that. That's something that uh, is kind of decided around you by other people in power. And and so um, we don't, we don't get, we try not to get too hung up on it. Lyrically, where are you inspired? Are you like stories that happen in the news? I I saw a funny Facebook post the other day that inspired me. Sometimes I like write down fake band names and I thought (laughs) this might even make an interesting. Do you want to come up with one for us? Aggressive goose on the roof was something that somebody posted a sign that a building was telling them, don't use this entrance. There's an aggressive goose on the roof. I'm like, that would be kind of a funny band name or even a song title. Yeah, totally. It's it's like a very musical line. Yes, it was. And I thought, well, I wonder where you guys get your inspiration for, for, I mean, obviously the story that went along with the first song you played was a a political thing that was going on. Right. Although um, that song is mostly not about politics. It's it's mostly about uh, use. It's, it's kind of like, I I would say using a political figure, a political touchstone um, to reflect on yourself. Fair enough. I think a lot of the music uh, is sort of inspired by the external world, but internally focused. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can only kind of write towards what you know, (laughs) you know? Um, yeah. And so, you know, like going, you know, going back to Save It Sound, this new record, like definitely a lot of those, a lot of that music, um, uh, you know, is, is definitely coming from a place of like heaviness, you know, and, uh, Mm -hmm. and isolation and, um, you know, thinking about at least a couple of my tunes, uh, Sunnyside in my life, um, but definitely, you know, definitely some of your songs as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to answer that question. But I think maybe one concrete way to to answer this question is that um, there are a couple of things that we find ourselves coming back. to, A couple of themes that we find ourselves coming back to. Um, one that I think we kind of alluded to a second ago is is like personal growth, um, and that's kind of always a part of our our framing um, of, of, of our music. The other is, uh, or another is climate change. It's something that we think about all the time and think is a really important issue to be talking about and to be uh, working on. Um, there are, uh, there's, I'm trying to think of some of the other, I can't even, think of our own lyrics at this point but it's, uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to in a minute because we're gonna go <laughs> well window is like right up the climate change alley <laughs> yeah yeah um social justice of all yeah. uh, in all flavors and yeah um yeah yeah well, there you go <laughs> safe in sound the new record from francis luca Gord available now you can physically get it i can't remember was there vinyl yesterday on that one there was there was vinyl. Yeah. i thought so that's available uh, website address is francislucacord.com. Did That's you it. did you yep. lock it in? Okay, cool. We'll lock it in. <laughs> uh, Francis int- with an E. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. We should be more specific. <laughs> Introduce this next song. Uh, so this is this next song is called "In My Life." It's the last track on Safe and Sound, and uh, we were lucky enough to get our pals and Darling Side to um, uh, to, to sing on it. So hope so you like six it. Six beautiful voices all at once. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, you're just getting two of them today. <laughs> 
a string on the ground where the river won't run Where the sparrow won't die Where the spirit can't sing And the arrow won't cry Oh, I've seen the sun go down And the moon on the rise I saw it all Once in my days I faced a dream So sweet, fought a killer queen bee, brought me to my knee. Oh, I've seen a cloud rain down in the flash of a light. I saw it all once. as far as I'm concerned. That could have been on a Simon de Garfunkel record so comfortably. What a beautiful song. Thank you, John. In My Life finishes up the new album from Francis Cucord and I believe our musical portion of the interview today. Uh, I know that something unusual happened to you guys and it's a pretty cool thing. You got a handwritten letter from a student and it's your next thing that you're doing. Tell me about that. And It's, it's, it's going to be over by the time people hear this, but it's still pretty like 
What? Really? <laughs> yeah, really. So last night at the Ark was really our warm-up show for, uh, you know, the biggest concert of the tour, which Indeed. is in 30 minutes at Bishop Elementary for <laughs> the fourth and fifth grade Spanish immersion class. <laughs> La super clase. How did that happen? Uh, one of the teacher or the teacher of this class, uh, Christina Harida, uh, has been um, a longtime fan um, of both us and Chris Dupont. And Chris introduced us uh, to her, man, probably five or six years ago. And uh, we've actually played, this is our uh, return trip to Bishop Elementary. We played her classroom uh, back in uh, pre-COVID days. Uh, So we are stoked to get back there and hang with those kids. Have you heard anything from your previous visit where you inspired anybody to become a musician? Because isn't that kind of what it's all about at this point? You oh, know, I, I don't know. I think they inspired they, us to, and, to stick with it. <laughs> and also uh, inform of, inform us of what's happening in pop music these days. Oh, like we, we learned about Lil Nas X last time we were there. Oh. It's Lil Nas X, I believe. Is the Excuse thing. me. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah. Old uh, Town Road had just come out. I and believe. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, uh, yeah, they are very inspiring to be around. I would say the inspiration is mostly one way, and it's toward us. Nice. <laughs> the new album is safe and sound. Hopefully that's getting on the camera, because I have no idea there's nobody behind the camera. Uh, <laughs> Brian Bowers, Nicholas Gunty, Francis Cookord, Big Hug. Thank you so much Thank for doing you, this for me. Super, super wonderful you. to be yeah. here, John. This place is amazing, and we're really grateful to be here. Yeah. Big thanks again to Grove Studios for providing a home for me to do the podcast, and not minding that I did it in the non-podcast studio. <laughs> so if you've uh, been looking for a place to get out of the garage and get into the studio, that's their motto. That's what they want you to do here. Look them up online and look up Francis Cucord. Find out about all these records that are available, this this catalog of music that continues to grow. I hope there's more coming. Sure is. There'll be more. There's more sure. podcasts coming too. I've got a bunch more to record. <laughs> this is the 50-something podcast. If you're new to the podcast, check out previous sessions with Glenn Phillips and Willie Porter and all these other great people who have stopped by and visited me. Thanks for listening. <laughs>